Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Food, Wine, and Whiskey. I am Rob, your host. Uh, the cock is back. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, I'm here. Uh, the, the, the co-host, uh, co-host Carter. Co-host Carter. Yeah, you like how yeah, I yeah. got the acronym for you? Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I resemble that remark. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, dude. Oh, man. <laughs> Ah, fun way to start the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, uh, so we're talking something kind of interesting today. We are talking something kind of interesting, and it's a topic, you know, you and I, I think, both agree on this, and uh, very underrated, undervalued wine region. And maybe we're off base, maybe we're missing, we, you know, we just don't see it, and it's out there. Yeah. But... We're in a lot of wine groups. We do a lot of wine stuff with wine people. I don't see this as being kind of coveted and talked about. And wine nerds, wine geeks kind of know and, and are living in this space a little yeah. bit, but not not the average wine consumer. Well, it's uh, it, yeah, it's in some of these wine groups that we uh, we kind of peruse. Baller, uh, baller wine, baller wine. And I think that we're talking more of a value play here. Yeah. Uh, which, honestly, I, I don't want the word to get too out there. Uh, I don't <laughs> here, here we go, uh, publishing an episode <laughs> yeah. all over the world. Yeah, so uh, so anyway, we're talking a little Rioja today. Rioja, Spanish wine. Yes. Uh, uh, a country in general that I don't think gets to love. You know, when you think old world wines, it's always right it, to Italy and France. Yeah, naturally. Uh, and and I don't object to that, but yeah, I, I think it should be Italy, France, and Spain. France, Italy, Spain. France, Spain, Italy. Yeah, Italy, Spain, France. Those three should be mentioned. And I understand that there's a lot of other countries, Georgia, Croatia, that have been making wine a lot longer. But these are three that have been making it, you know, over a thousand years. Yeah, that do it really, really well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think. Kind of what got me talking to you about, like, wanting to talk about this is, like, the other day, I, you know, I was in a big box store, Total Wine, and I picked up a few bottles of Rioja, and I I was thinking to myself, like, I'm going to make uh, the barbecue sandwiches. Yeah. And I think Rioja is going to go great with that. And, man, did it ever just hit the spot. Perfect, man. Just, uh, you know, barbecue pork sandwich with a Rioja. I mean, it was just fantastic. And I'm like, man, why don't we talk about Rioja a little bit? You know, like, uh, I I will... uh, I will say in this episode, I've never had a white Rioja, and I know that they, that is something that they do. Uh, Not and, that much. 90% of all their grapes made are, are uh, red grapes. So. Yeah. I just wanted, I wanted to go out and say, like, I, I know a little bit about the region. I, I can't say that I'm a, a complete expert because I've never tried the, the white wines that came from yeah. Rioja. Yeah. But, but I can tell you that I absolutely enjoy Tempranillo. Uh, and I really am enjoying real high. I think it's very versatile. Yeah, Tempranillo being the kind of the dominant grape, the lead grape yeah. in most Rioja wines. Uh, I think the the next blended grape would be the Grenache. Yeah, yeah. And then there's some other varietals that are kind of play a part. But yeah, you're right. Tempranillo uh, is the lead here in the star, and and I think uh, I think it's fantastic. Well, I mean. What what are we drinking here? Okay, you picked this up the other day. Uh, picked this up a couple days ago. Okay, 
So we off the shelf, off the shelf, uh, twenty seven dollars. Okay, twenty seven dollars. This one is called Vina Cumbrero, uh, and it's a Grand Reserva. We'll kind of talk about that classification system in a little bit, but uh, and it's from two thousand eleven. Off the shelf, off the shelf. What what are you buying these days that has that much age on it? Like twenty seven bucks. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. I mean, uh, so I, I think you, there's there's definitely a, a big amount of value here. Well, I think it's value and uh, how do we want to say this? It's it's value and age, Yeah, right? Because there's some value wines you can get that are pretty good but are young. But, you know, sometimes it's fun when you get into wines that you go, you know, most of what you see on the shelf today, if you're just getting into wine – and you haven't built up a collection that you have for years that you can go pull something that you sat on for 10 years. Yeah. You don't typically go to the store and find, you know, the current releases from Bordeaux or Brunello that are 10, 11, 12 years old. No. Uh, or, or maybe not current releases, but are that still on the shelf? You just yeah. don't see them. They get eaten up pretty quick. Rioja is a region that... You can still find on the shelf with age. The value for quality of wine is great, but then because you can find some at 2017, 2018, 2019, but you can also find these yeah. 2011 and even younger, even man. younger. Yeah, or, I just or, or, or older. Up, yeah, yeah, or older. Yeah, however, yeah. I always get confused on what's the right way to say that. Yeah, but I recently picked up. Even yesterday, I picked up a 2009 for 35 bucks. I mean, that's kind of crazy, right? From a very well-known quality producer. Yeah. Go try to find a 2009 Bordeaux or Brunello or anything like that and tell me you're going to pay. Burgundy wine, you're going you're gonna to pay, I mean, you know, 60 bucks plus at least if you can find something that that. Well, I don't need, at, at that age, you'll probably pay more than 60. Yeah, I mean, well, that's true. That's true. Uh, but Maybe not, but I don't. But you're just not going to find it to the point. Yeah. For the I, most part. I, I don't know. You know, is there... Is Tempranillo a polarizing type of wine? Do you think? I mean, like I, I find it, I find it enjoyable, but uh, do do certain people not like it? I, I don't know. I think wine nerds, you know, that that are are going around to different you know regions and and countries trying wines, love it. I really think they really enjoy it and appreciate it because it's a quality wine for the most part. Um, I just think for whatever reason, maybe it's a distribution thing from Spain. Maybe they don't distribute. Because if you think about going into a a big box store, um, you don't see a huge selection, a huge section oh, of yeah. Spanish wines. I mean, uh, you see a little bit, but it's like, you know, one section Yeah, where you go to Bordeaux Oh, and it's, it's a, a two two sides oh, of an aisle. Reds, and, whites, you, know, you got left bank, right bank, you know. You Italy, got, uh, two sides, it, you know. Italy, like, crazy. Spain, you don't see a ton. No. And you so don't. I don't know if it's just a distribution. It's probably a production thing, too. I don't know how much wine they make. I don't think it's a ton uh, compared to Bordeaux and other. Places. I know they're a huge wine growing region. I know that, you know, and, and I think they produce quite a bit of wine. But uh, as far as, you know, yeah, I mean, for, as far as volume compared to France or, you know, yeah. I, I, I doubt it, you so, know. Uh, I think all of those things probably play a part. But I think when you get somebody who enjoys wine 
uh, reds, you know, from a variety of places, whether it be Bordeaux or Rhone or uh, even from Napa or other places, once you expose them or they find uh, Spanish Rioja, you know, Tempranillo being the lead grape, I think they they immediately like it and probably soon after fall in love with these wines. I, I think so, too. I mean, like, I, I'm looking at the one we're drinking right now. Man, I, I really love the color of this wine. It's it's very, very pretty. It's You can see it's even got a little of that, you know, kind of garnet thing going on because yeah. of the age and everything. And I it, it's got a great nose to it. A lot of fruit, but you're also picking up the yolk and and all that kind of thing. It's it, yeah. it's still has tannin. Still has tannin. Yeah. This could age another ten years. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think Tempranillo is pretty tannic. Like I think that that just in general that varietal is is it it has some high tannins. Um, so it needs age. You know, some of them do. I yeah. guess the, mostly the 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 ones that are grown in the higher altitudes and things like that. And, and, you know, when you talk about tannin, you're talking about, you know, the time it spins in barrel, it's getting additional tannin there yes. as well. So. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. For sure. So so let's kind of like, do you want to kind of talk about the classification yeah, system a little bit? Yeah, why don't you hit on that a little bit? Okay, so, so I think, I'm not sure when the classification system actually started. I think it was like, Maybe the fifties or something. You, you're you're my fact checker here. Yeah, uh, yep. Uh, it was inaugurated in 1953. It was structured and developed in 45, but it took them a few years to kind of get it going. I think it was kind of like one of those things that the government just wanted to, you know, have a quality standard, you know, and and all that, and and because the region's been producing wine for a long time, but you know, unless you have some defining. Structure quality standard then it's 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 tough you know yeah. uh, so and 1970s when it actually you know the the denunciation de origin you know where it's from yeah was approved and uh the regulations for regulating council was kind of formed okay okay so so you've got kind of four different um what i would say four different like categories here so you've got Joven, which is really just an unaged uh, red wine from the region. Uh, I don't know if it falls into if you say Joven with the white wines or not, but uh, but Joven is the un, un, unaged. Uh, then you have Crianza, which is aged two years, uh, minimum one year in barrel um, before release. Before release, uh, Reserva, three years. Uh, minimum uh, one year in barrel, um, and then you have Grand Reserva, which is five years aged and minimum two year in barrel. Yeah. So if you think about this, think about this Grand Reserva. We're drinking a Grand Reserva right now, and, and I and I've heard that. Well, anyway, I'll talk about that in a second. But this wine can't even be released for five years. Yeah. I mean that that's that's nutty. You know, and then you go pick it up for under $30. I mean, yeah. like, that's, I don't know how they're making money. That's the question. <laughs> you know, because you know, like, you know, when whenever you talk about Brunello or Barolo, places that might sit on the release for a little while, cost goes up and everybody goes, yeah, but, but look, the winery sat on that for so long. Oh, that yeah. There's, there's a real estate expense. It took up space. And I agree. <laughs> and then I look at Rioja and go, how the hell are they doing this? Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird, man. Now, I've heard I I, uh, I don't know that I've had too much of the like unaged stuff like the Joven, but I do think that like you can get a bottle of that stuff for like 
I don't know, like fourteen, fifteen dollars or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm never gonna buy it, dude. Uh, I'd like to try it because I hear the fruit is really nice on it. Uh, and is it like a Beaujolais? Their version of a Beaujolais? Maybe so. Uh, I, I think they. I think a lot of those have more Grenache, you know, like in them, and which kind of balances out that that Tempranillo tannin uh, a little bit more. But uh, but anyway, I've never tried one. So, and the reason I say I'm never going to try it at fifteen bucks, why wouldn't I spend ten more and get this bad boy? You know. I guess it depends on if you like a, an oak aged wine or not. You know, well, this that, is true. You know, and uh, and to your point, just to try it, just to see, probably should. Yeah, just a, just a comparison. Yeah, uh, probably. I, now, should. I love oak, so yeah. Hook, give me oak. I love oak, uh, but balanced oak, balanced oak. Not, yeah. not, uh, not, don't, you don't want you know Rombauer oak. No, not no Rombauer. <laughs> no, no, no chewy, yeah. fake tasting oak. Uh, but, uh, but like a good balance. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I like a little oak on a wine too, for sure. Um, but, uh, so check, so check this out, right? Uh, so pairings with this, just some that I've, uh, that I've, that I looked online and so, some I've tried pork, barbecue, roast lamb, shepherd's pie, anything with peppers. Uh, what kind of peppers are we talking? I think they're talking about like, um, I don't know, maybe like uh, poblanos or oh, okay. things. You not know. super spicy, but a little bit. A okay. little bit of a little spice, but not too nothing too too intense. I like that. Uh, but you know, a lot of Spanish style, you know, dishes. Sure, and, 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 and I could see that going into even like Latin America, Central America type dishes. So, I mean, I wouldn't mind trying this with like some of Sandra's tacos sometime. Oh, absolutely! I think that's a great pairing. Matter of fact. But think might happen. That it sounds like a good idea. But like, but I, I think that what I like about it is it's versatile. As far as like, you know, you think of kind of all those kind of categories right there. Well, we're know? in Texas. Yeah. I mean, you're you're hitting smoked and barbecue and pork and meats and you know this kind of aligns with uh, a Texas menu. You know, I could actually see it going okay with Asian food. Uh, that and even a burger. A burger would be, oh, burger would be great. Yeah. You know? Burger Philly cheesesteak with a little pepper, oh, green peppers in there. And see, you start thinking about that and thinking about how many different things could this complement. Yeah. And I think there, it, it's, there's a great variety. To me, it's almost like like Zinfandel, like to me. Like, oh, uh, so like, so you doesn't just, have the pepperiness on it. Doesn't like have that in. pepper, but yeah. I'm just thinking of like kind of some of the things that you can pair like it with. That. Uh, it's it's very Zinfandel like. Yeah, that's, you know? that's a good way to put it. I like that. So, uh, and and you know, I'm a fan of Zinfandel. You know, so uh, we both are. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I, I I like the versatility of it. Um, I think you know, com- from a history perspective, um, this uh, Rioja. I think what what was the uh, the thing that affected all the. Um, uh, Gosh, all the vines in Europe, the full... Flaxera? Yeah. So I think it, it didn't impact Spain until later. So Makes a lot sense. of people were buying Rioja back during that time, you know, from Europe because that they weren't able to produce their own wines. I'm looking at the back of this because I'm going, there's no Grenache in here, and I, I wasn't getting that. So it's 95% Tempranillo. And then the five percent of that Graciano. Okay, Graciano. Okay, I mean that's it's pretty balanced. Delicious though. though. 
Don't you like the? Um, I mean, I like the 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 mouthfeel of this thing. It's it's not like that's what she said. <laughs> it's not like what you would call like. I don't know, viscous or anything, but uh, but it's got kind of a, it's just a pleasant. Very nice. This this is something that, you know, there's some wines where you go, it's good, but it needs food. Yeah. It's better with food. This, I think, would be great with food, but it's great on its own. Yeah. I and could... I enjoy wines like that to have in the fridge that go great with food that are very versatile. I think you mentioned that earlier. Yeah. You were saying versatile in the sense of with different foods. But versatile with food or without is also kind of cool because sometimes you just want to sit out back and enjoy a nice glass of wine, and this would work. Well, it's not going to break the bank either. That too. Uh, and and I mean, I'm sure there are some really expensive Riojas that you can buy. I mean, I, the, you and I have talked about this before. You know, when you think about Italy and France, there's regions there that are just coveted, that are just mind-blowing with with what they can charge for bottles of wine coming out of those regions, Burgundy and Bordeaux. Oh, yeah. Brunello and, and uh, you know, uh, Brunello and uh, Barolos and yeah. things like that. Um, Spain, I, I'm sure they're there. You just made the comment about it. I don't know what they are. Yeah. I, Unico, I know. That's the only yeah. one. Well, I mean, you know, you even... And we're just average wine guys, so yeah, maybe I mean, they're we, out there and we I'm don't know. I'm sure somebody who's, gonna, who's way more of an aficionado uh, on this stuff is probably going to say, well, you're missing this and that and the, the other. Uh, but but honestly, with such an availability of value there, it, it would be hard for me to spend more money on it. Yeah, you know, that's a great point uh, because I drink a lot of – I don't drink a lot of – I've been – Lucky enough to try a lot of, you know, expensive wines, and maybe it's my underdeveloped palate, but I don't see the big difference between, let's just say, a $120 bottle of wine and a $500 bottle of wine. And I, and I just think when you start paying for exclusivity or, uh, you know, just because of production limits, to me, I don't know that I, I care that much about, about that as I do just having really good wine. And I'm saying that to say the $120 bottle of wine and the $500 bottle of wine, the wines are pretty close. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing, right? I mean, you, you're the gap there between the, you know, $50, $60 bottle of wine and the $120 bottle of wine. The, the delta there, it, it's, it's, it's generally speaking, it's sometimes they're better, you yeah. know, and you can taste the difference. But is it worth that extra sixty dollars? Yeah, no yeah. the 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 difference between one hundred twenty and a five hundred on price is so big. Taking that to the actual wine is so small. I would rather have three bottles of the hundred and twenty or four bottles of that than one bottle of the five hundred is my point. Well, the problem I'm a is volume how, how are you know? Here is the problem: How are you ever going to put a picture on uh, Instagram or Facebook and uh, be considered a baller? I'll go to the Houston Wine Society <laughs> and just copy some pictures and post them. There you go. <laughs> Call me baller. Yeah, but, uh, but anyway, we're a show about the average wine. Drinker. Yes, yes. So that's uh, what we are. That's who we represent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like. We, we, you know the type of wines we drink. I mean, we we yeah. drink. 
a Beaujolais, uh, a, uh, a, a a crew Beaujolais, a crew for thirty bucks, for thirty dollars, yeah. uh, a, a Chianti Classico Reserva. Yeah. Uh, you know that costs. We drink some Brunellos and stuff, but we're, you know, look, I do, I do hundred like bucks Brunello. or less. I say we live a hundred bucks or less. Yeah, there's some exceptions, but for the most part, we're less than we we probably live in the fifty dollars, thirty five to fifty five dollar range. If you want to bust out a, a, a sasakaya sometime, I'm not going to turn you down. Might happen. <laughs> you know, Never know. I uh, I I'm might s- bust out a 1961 Bordeaux. We'll be back after a quick break. Hey, bar and girl fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk where me and my co-hosts sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar and Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby! We do have one of those. I hope it's still good. You never know. I'm not very hopeful. Uh, yeah, yeah, me either. 1961 is a long damn time ago. Yeah, it is. That uh, and, and right, it's right bank, huh? It's right bank. Yeah, those don't hold as well either. Not but, as well. Yeah. But, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it, it's going to be a fun experiment. Abs- yeah. <laughs> so. At least we can say we tried a 1961 mm-hmm. before I was born. Man, you know, I I, I think about this, and I just really want to go to Spain because, man, I'm into paella. Okay. I've seen a couple of friends recently. Well, Mark and uh, Mary just got back from yes. Spain. And then a friend of mine, Rip and Tracy, uh, a couple, just recently, a couple months ago, got back from a trip in Spain. And seeing all those pictures of, one, just the land, the beautiful, country, yeah. beautiful, the food that they're eating, mm. and knowing you can have wines like this that are probably less expensive over there. I uh, know, right? I mean, yeah. everything uh, uh, points to let's take a trip to Spain. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, you get like, you get the seafood thing big time. I mean, it's, you know, there's tons of coast around Spain. Meats are big over there. Meats. I mean, hunting and things like that are huge. Yeah, I mean, it just, and, and in the history in general, just, you know, uh, uh, it sounds like a great. Probably time. some badass cava that we don't get over here. Probably so. So what's the, so like talking about kava? I don't know enough about it, um, but like kava doesn't have as many rules, right? That, that no. you, you can have traditional method kava, or you can have it made like prosecco, yep. like in vats or whatever. Yep. Okay, yep. so so it's a little bit more roll the dice. But most of the kava, I think, my understanding is most of it is made in the traditional method. That's kind oh. of a. a a label that they have, and I think they want to keep that as much as they can because I think it's a way to get people to come try it if you know it's made in the same method as champagne. Yeah, yeah. I think that's huge. I mean, when you talk about California producers, if you make it in the same with that second fermentation yeah. in bottle, I'm more inclined to try it than I would be a Prosecco or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. So I think for that, there, there's not, a, like, hard rules, but I think a lot of them still do it that way because it just helps the brand. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I, You know, I know that Kava's huge. I mean, like, they make tons of it, right? I mean, I, They do, I, inexpensively. Yeah, I mean, you go... Again, Again, I don't know enough about it because yeah. I need to really, like, explore it more. It Just like this Rioja, you know, like, we're talking about this, you know... It, 
there's so much value there that there's got to be some really good things like in the in the way of Cava. And that and that's why we're saying Spain in general is a region, a country producing wines that is way undervalued, underappreciated. In my opinion. Yeah. All right. Subregions within Rioja. Okay. What do we got, Carter? We got Rioja Alta, which I think is the highest altitude. Makes sense. I don't sense. know if Alta means altitude, but uh, but maybe. I think it probably does. Uh, and that's the, the the area that has probably the most tannins. But um, anyway, I do know that the kind of the big town or the big city that's in Rioja that's kind of, I guess they do like a big wine festival. There's some crazy stuff that goes on, but I hear it's a really interesting city to visit. Uh, It's called uh, Haro, and I think that that's in the uh, Rioja Alta region. Okay. Um, And then you have Rioja Alavesa, which I think is similar to Alta. It's uh, maybe not as high elevation, but still higher elevation. And then you have Rioja uh, Oriental, I guess is how you say it. I, I used to be called Rioja Baja, but it's the largest region uh, in Rioja. Uh, but I think that they're because of the there's not as the altitude's not there. It's considered to be more of a I don't know. The quality is not quite as good. Okay, uh, but. But I'm sure the value might be better there. So I don't know. But uh, but yeah, that's your. Those are your regions, and then of course those uh, are your subregions. Your subregions, yeah. Uh, and I think you get quite a bit of. Um, you know, you you kind of get that where the Atlantic is meeting, like you know, uh, you get kind of that that sea type of thing, like they do it in in, in other regions. I don't know, uh, but it's pretty good growing conditions for. I guess Tempranillo, but I, I also know that you have to have a lot more land to grow lots of Tempranillo. So, and talk about that. You bring up a good point. What? Why is that? I think it's just you don't get the yield out of Tempranillo, so uh, they plant more vines. Yeah, you need more, which like means you're going to get stars or whatever it is. You know, which is a, a good thing in winemaking because the fruit's going to be more concentrated. Mm-hmm. So it should be a better quality out of the fruit that you get per vine. You just need more vines to make is what you're saying. Right, right. But but I'd say, like, you know, from that perspective, th- this also goes to this whole value. Like, how the hell are they able to... They have to use more land <laughs> to produce less wine and they age it for a long time. Like, how... how That's uh, a great question. What, is the, what are the economics here? I don't know. <laughs> you know what? We need to stop bringing that up. We don't need <laughs> yeah. Spanish producers to hear this <laughs> yeah. and go, hey, guys, we can charge more. <laughs> I tell you, man. Let's just appreciate what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting, too. Like, I think, you know, I've read different things about, like, kind of the Spanish. I mean, and I think the Spanish drink quite a bit of Rioja, but I don't think that they – I think their culture is not spending a lot of money on wine. Like, the common man. Like, so if you go to, like, a cafe or, like, a restaurant or something like that, it's more like table-type wine and stuff like that. So, okay. so there, I, I guess the country itself, you know, it, it's more limited and those wine enthusiasts, you know, they drink tons of wine, but they don't, I think the quality thing isn't really like as big of a deal. At least that's what I've heard. Okay. 
So I don't know if that plays into it. I think that probably makes sense. I, I think it's just, well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm going to stop trying to figure it out and just keep enjoying. Keep what enjoying wine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, man. And and I know that the the styles have changed quite a bit on Rioja. Like I think that you had like a traditional. The traditional style is to longer aging in American oak. Um, And then you've got more of the modern style, which is more French oak. So they're doing both French. Are they doing any Hungarian that you found out? I don't know about that. I know that's the other big wood that's used quite a bit now. You know, French and American were the two for a long time. I know, and I say a long time, Hungarian's probably been used for a while, but becoming more kind of mainstream okay okay is something i'm wondering if they were using that uh i could see and then you know i know that just kind of looking at this and looking up some things you know it looks like they have kind of a a nice blend uh you know since they'll age it a little bit in american oak age a little bit in french oak or maybe they age it in a hungarian oak you know there's kind of the traditional the modern and somewhere in between yeah um but uh but you know, I I mean French oak, I'm a big fan. So uh, I am too, and it, and it, and it's crazy. Have you ever been to Napa and done a tasting at Del Dotto? No, no. Okay, Del Dotto was where I kind of gotten my eyes open to how big and how different the influence of oak can be on a wine. There you go, and 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 I'm just kind of I'm going to get right back real quick. But it was interesting to me when you talk about French and American oak and Tempranillo. If you gave me a Tempranillo and you said this bottle, same grape juice, but it was aged in Tempranillo, I mean in French oak, this Tempranillo, same grape juice, was aged in American oak, I'd buy a bottle of both. Yeah. I think some consumers would be like, well, what does it matter? I'll just take, you know, French oak is made for wine, so I'm going to take that one or whatever. Yeah. Um, It's a vastly different product based on the oak that you're using that influence i remember going through del dotto and every wine seven wines you would taste through the tasting but every one had french oak american oak and you would taste so you actually tasted 14 wines going through oh that sounds nice yeah (laughs) sounds like a good time Uh, but it was it really opened my eyes to go you know because i used to have that perception that thought that it's oak I don't care if you get it from France, America, Hungary, wherever you get it from, it's oak. It's not true. Well, I don't know if you remember this, uh, or maybe, I don't know if they did this in, like, when we went to, so we, uh, Rob and uh, I went to uh, go pick a, uh, a Maker's Mark. Um, yes. Uh, which they use different staves and things like that, so they've got, you know, all of these different staves that they use, you know. Uh, and it was really interesting, like, they give you, like, they let you feel different pieces of wood. Like, you know, like, you get the American oak. It's very dense, very heavy. The The French oak is light. It's almost, yes. like, like porous and light and that kind of thing. And and you're just like, man, these are, like, vastly different. I mean, just... But both are oak. Yeah, which, both are oak. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, like, you can't just say it doesn't really matter because it does matter. Yeah, it does. It does actually matter. Here's the other thing I want to bring up that that uh, I know you know the answer to. What's a chateau called? I mean, it's not a chateau in Spain. 
It's a bodega. A bodega. I, I like that. I kind of like that, too. That's kind of a cool name. Hey. Which bodega do you want to go to? Yeah, right? that's... It's like that's... I'm going to a strip bar. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or it's kind of like going to New York and going to like one of those little corner stores, bodegas, that yeah. they sell a bunch of different shit, you know? <laughs> now you got me thinking of a... Taqueria. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to a bodega. Yeah. Get a taco and a, and a wine. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, uh, that, I, I think that's kind of neat. They call it, well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Spanish people are like, yeah, I mean, that's what we call it. <laughs> Do you know, uh, back in the day, uh, before probably real estate got very, very expensive, this is, you know, prior to, let's say, 1950, it wasn't uncommon uh, for these bodegas to age their wines on average 15 to 20 years before they released them. That's incredible. How crazy is that? How could you sit on wine for that long? Yeah. I mean, uh, gosh, what a time to be alive. I mean, you know, think of the value you could get there. Well, and, and one notable example, and I'm horrible with pronunciation, was Marque de Mureta which uh, released its 1942 vintage of Grand Reserva in 1983. No way. 41 years of aging before they released it. What did that look like on a retail shelf? I don't know, but I kind of want to find a bottle. Yeah, <laughs> that's ridiculous. How crazy is that? I mean, could you think of any of the major wine-producing regions doing that? No, absolutely. And in today's world, again, it's a different world with the cost. Oh, yeah, things. sure, sure. You can't afford it. Well, I'm saying this without actually knowing, but I don't, wouldn't think you could afford to do that anymore. Um, plus, you know, you need to make money. You know, things cost so much more. So yeah. cash flow is important. That's yeah. why we don't have a problem with Brunellos and Barolos. I know we keep going back to it, but those are two that I know, Chianti Reservas, whatever, that are aged a little longer. They cost more because... You're taking up that real estate. Yeah, yeah, the, naturally. Yeah, so. The well, same thing with, like, bourbon. I mean, if you're going to buy something that's, like, 12 years old, you're going to expect to pay a little bit more for it. Yeah, absolutely. Generally speaking. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you're talking about real estate here. You're talking about, like, rent that is just every month. Yeah, you know? costing them money, space they can't use for other stuff. So, you would assume that cost gets passed on. But uh, thank you, Spain. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's really cool. So one thing for me and you that we do like, and I'm going to say on this particular wine, I, I I might get another one of these and let it age longer because what I'm not getting yet are those tertiary notes. Yes. You know? And I so that's why I say it's still got plenty of aging time left. Oh, yeah, plenty sure. Plenty of aging time left. <clears throat> but you and I, when you, when you start talking about wines like this, you have to be somebody who likes age on wine. Some people don't. Yeah. Some people want it to be fruit forward Napa lovers. Yeah. Uh, but some of us like you and me like when it starts to change in those tertiary notes of, you know, the, the wet barnyard and the mushrooms, mushrooms and the, the, the yeah. forest floor comes yeah. out. And, and I like that imbalance with still some fruit and, you know, I like that in a wine. And I think these are wines that you can get that with at a point. Um, for a reasonable cost and not have to wait super long time after you buy them. Yeah, right, right, exactly. And I'm sure that you could probably find some 
older stuff, you know, that... I, uh, I recently bought 2008s and 2009s. And you may start getting some of that <laughs> out of it, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do feel like, you know, there is still a pretty structured tannin in this. Like, I, I can... I'm getting the tannins. Oh, absolutely. You know? yeah. That's uh, why I say another 10 years for this, easy. Yeah, and then then it's really going to be something crazy. But uh, but as is, it, honestly, it's not even been open that long. And, and you know... It's starting to round out a little bit more. Yeah, we've been recording thirty-five minutes. Probably been open forty minutes. Yeah, so so you know maybe maybe give it another thirty minutes. It could be different. You know, yeah, um, probably will be. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think these are great holds. You know, like I know that there's vintage charts and things like that too, like that you can look up. You know, for the region, you know, like for the Spanish for region, quality region, yeah. Yeah. Well, not just quality reasons, but quality years. Oh, that's right, uh, quality years, yeah, for vintages. Yeah, like drink or hold. Like, I bought some 2013 the other the other day, um, and apparently that's a drink year. So okay. go ahead and drink it. Yeah. Uh, and and so, you know, I popped those open. Not a lot of structure in that year. Yeah, but okay. tasted great, you know. Sure. Uh, but, uh, but like, just like anything, I mean, you can kind of take a look at it, like the growing seasons, and, and I think wine enthusiasts are – spectator or something releases those things and oh i think so here here's my biggest issue with old world and you know people are probably getting it from this episode maybe asking themselves when are you going to start talking about producers we should buy that's my biggest problem with old world i just kind of go through and sample and try i i it is so hard to know and remember all the producers that are there i know in in you know like in just in rioja there's like just under 700 winery wow. producers there. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I just don't know them. I, there's a couple that I know that I've been drinking and, and, you know, like it and go by that same producer again. I'm horrible with pronunciation, uh, so I, I can't even say it. I need to pull them out or get the note. But that's uh, why I don't mention, just when we talk about old world wines, I don't mention producers a lot. There's some channels or podcasts or wine people that just go, boom, 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 yeah. I'm just not there. I can just tell you I like the region as a whole, and I think there's great value across the board. Like this guy we were drinking, I've never had him before. Yeah. But I'm very happy. It's Vina Cumbrero. Yeah. And it was it's good. It's solid. It's, it's very solid. But, yeah, I mean, you think about this, too. Like, you know, we, we talk about, like, you know, you, the – Bordeaux and the you know the first growth and the yeah. classification system and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we could rattle off a couple of names there, you know, like no big deal. But like, what I, you drink every Tuesday, Petrus? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just a just Wednesday a, Rothschild. Yeah, uh, th- that's generally what I yeah. do. Like uh, every day, I'm uh, I'm opening up a bottle of wine. Yeah, Houston Wine Society. <laughs> here I come. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but. You know, like I, I think that the, that falls on deaf ears, though. Like, I mean, maybe there's some people who are listening to this show that like really want to know the producers and like the notable ones and and the and spend the money and all that kind of thing. That's it's, just really not our thing. You know? It's not. But I also say it's subjective. Yeah, you know, quality can be there. Just because I like the style of a particular producer doesn't mean somebody else will. So I think it's, you know, you always get back to wine. We say you need to go explore yourself, figure out what you like. Nobody knows your palate better than you. And that's kind of where our our message always in wine is go to this region, taste what you like. Yeah. You know, just because I tell you I like this, you know, people heard us say the name of this wine. They may go buy it and go, 
I'm not a fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. But don't leave the region. Try something else because there's great wines in this region. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, it, I mean, even like for – for instance, I like uh, Super Tuscan. I bring up Sassicaia because it's just, you know, it's a name, right? Yeah. But like Tianjillo or whatever. Tiganello. Uh, uh and then Ornella. And, yeah. you know, like these are expensive wines. These are, you know, vintage. Like uh, like the most recent vintage is going to cost you a couple hundred bucks, yeah. you know, for the wine. And I'm not saying that, like, those wines aren't good because they are damn good, you know, Um <laughs> But are there super Tuscans in the region that you can buy for like thirty or forty dollars? Hell yeah, that are really good. Hell yeah, you can buy Sascai's second label, the Gilberto, for like sixty bucks, and it's fantastic. Uh, for instance, like Amarone, like in 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 Italy, I actually prefer the Repo- the Reposo, the second pressing. Do you really? Uh, and it, because the value is so great, you know, it's like you know you can get a Reposo for like. 20 something dollars you yeah. know like in you know i like amarone I, I actually it's one of those that i fall in love with and then i fall out of love with and uh it's, it's like cheesecake man it's a big rich wine it is i mean but i mean it's nice to have i like it you oh know? it is you know? yeah uh, having a few bottles and when you get the mood you you, you pop like, one then you go it, you know yeah it was good but i'm gonna hold off and pop in another one but for that, a while. Sec- that second pressing i think is a little bit more like palatable yeah. uh you know and it, it's more of an everyday wine you know that kind Ab- of thing absolutely but i understand why Alberone costs a lot of money i mean you're thinking like they have to dry the grapes then they press it i mean like that's ridiculous like that's such a process totally agree <laughs> so, so anyway. back to spain did you know rioja in the town of Haro, and I think you mentioned Haro. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There's an annual wine festival and food fight there of sorts. Yes, I have heard of it. That's what I was kind of mentioning okay. there. Yeah, I know they have this big festival, and then like everybody's like coated in wine. Yeah, it's they call it a food fight. Because <laughs> um, I've seen pictures of it. Everybody's like purple. Okay. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm looking at that now. I mean. That that I mean that looks like fun. Yeah, I mean, I'd, and and it's one of those you know, if food got in your mouth or whatever they're throwing around, you don't mind. You yeah, know, you're sometimes like, ah, you're like, they got in my mouth. Hey. This one you don't care. Yeah, exactly. No, that's it's that's really neat, man. Yeah, uh, definitely a place I think we need to put on the. Uh, I mean, it's a long list of places we want to go, but Spain. I, I, I mean, if I'm going to be honest, Italy and Spain are probably above france for me to go and hang out and visit i just feel like the people in spain are probably freaking cool yeah yeah i would think so too you know and they're, uh, they're probably everyday people and then you know if your wife is there you got a translator what do you mean she speaks spanish right she does yes oh i forgot yeah she does yes yes <laughs> yes she does <laughs> so so there you go she man. does speak spanish she and then, is hispanic and, yeah. and then and then then they'll make fun of her accent because, probably or know, say she's not speaking correctly yeah it's not proper spanish <laughs> not castilian spanish or you know whatever. but that's the cool thing about spanish you know i mentioned i want to go to spain or italy and you know italian is not yeah. you know if you can speak Spanish you can get by in Italy and vice versa if you can speak Italian you can get by in Spain oh yeah so. yeah yeah for sure for sure I, I've uh like I used to work for an Italian company and uh, all the guys who you know work for the company that were from Italy you know they they were they could go 
just kick it into Spanish, no problem. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Well, while we're talking about Spain, I do just want to mention one white wine that I really enjoy. I've been uh, diving into and kind of exploring, and it has quickly grown on me as one that I need to keep stocked regularly. Okay, you probably know what it is. Do you or no? Uh maybe. Go what? for it. Albarreño. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's what I was thinking. Uh, been Here drinking a few of those and and really enjoy them. So I know white wines aren't made that much, other than you know, Cava is well known as a, a bubbly, a sparkling mm-hmm. wine. But uh, I think Albarreño is probably the most popular white wine that's uh, that's made over there. Um, I think. Uh, it's one that I really enjoy. So I've been uh, kind of tasting through those. I know we're talking about Rioja and Tempranillo and red wines, but I did, in case anybody's listening, going, is there a white wine that's pretty good? That would be it in my book. I'm going to, uh, I'll say this. Uh, this is when we're talking about Cava. So there is a producer in California that makes Cava, Gloria Farrar. Yeah, big, yep. big name, right? Yep. Uh, I will say, if you're ever out in Napa, Sonoma, Go to Gloria Ferrar because it is beautiful. It is a beautiful property. Is it really? It really is super nice. I is mean, is it nicer than Chandon? Uh, about the same. They're both really nice. Okay, uh, I, I'd say like the thing I like about the Gloria Ferrar property is you you're on kind of this like credenza thing of their like tasting room. Like it's like it's like on the second or third level and it's just outstretching and you're just looking out into the winery. Oh wow. I mean it's just so cool. Very uh, cool. And and I mean, you know, bubbles are bubbles, man. I'm I'm gonna enjoy it. I'm gonna enjoy the hell out of that. Bubbles make you happy. Oh, definitely. And they have some good product too. I mean they really do make some some pretty good wines. So uh I just as a as a touristy thing, I would say Go check it out if you're ever out there. The other thing I think we need to report back on and probably try, I know in Spain, they also make some rosé wines. I, I have, I've heard that, and we need to try some of those because uh, I, I can imagine them being quite good. I would think so, and especially if they're made with, you know, the Tempranillo and the Grenache and those. Uh, right, I'm, I'm curious. I'm interested. Yeah, I could see that being pretty good. Yeah, uh, so maybe something we have to kind of explore a little more. Yeah, not, maybe not even maybe we will explore. Yeah, bit. absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, like think of the tour of Spain. Like, man, you go to Barcelona, Madrid. You know, like Rioja. You know, the the area. You know, like there, there's so much history there. Yeah, and you know, I'm thinking food. What what's when you think Spain? Paella comes to mind right away. Tapas, tapas, tapas are more of those you know smaller kind of little. I don't want to call them finger food, but small bite kind of food. If you had a whole bunch of them, that'd oh, be Oh, no, they're right. great. I'm just trying to think of ingredient-wise. Seafood, for whatever reason, comes seafood to mind. Seafood comes so to mind, much. but pork, I think, is big okay. uh, Big there. Um, Chicken? I'm sure. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. But then you've got, you know, kind of the influence of the, you know, the spices and things like that. You yeah. know, uh, I mean, it's... it's little Mediterranean influence. Yeah, definitely. And I'd I say it like this, too, like, there's two restaurants in Houston that that are Spanish restaurants. Uh, Mad uh, is one of them, and I think that's just the airport code for uh, Madrid. Okay. And then uh, BCN, which is uh, like Barcelona Air, uh, for Barcelona, and those restaurants are very good. Expensive, but very good. Uh, okay. Very good. 
So uh, highly recommend them if uh, you're ever in the Houston area. Those those were pretty pretty damn good restaurants. Okay, final thoughts on Rioja or Spain in general. Uh, I mean, obviously, value is the huge takeaway here. Yeah, I think that's the big thing that we wanted to bring up is just, you know, don't overlook this area. Uh, don't overlook, like, you know, it, it's easy to go to your old standards and, and say, yeah, I'm going to drink, a, you know, a Chianti, I'm going to drink a this, a that. Don't overlook Spain because I think there's a lot of value in that region, and, and it, there's they make some damn good wine. Yeah, and I, I think uh, a lot of average wine people associate price with, with quality too much Yeah, and assume that it has to be expensive to be good. And I just think that can be further furthest from the truth. Yes, uh, I agree. And I think this is a region that kind of, you know, just screams that, that doesn't have to be expensive to be freaking fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, just just go out and give it a try. I yeah. mean, that's, that's the thing. So I know? don't want them to walk in and go, with well, 2011, $27? Well, probably not that good. It is freaking good. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the point. If you see Rioja, you see Spain, uh, you see something with some age on it, you know, more than seven years old, I would highly recommend you buy a bottle or two and... Uh, Give it a try, man. Uh, next time you're barbecuing, like, you know, you have pulled pork sliders or something like that, yeah. man, just get all over this. Absolutely. Totally agree. Well, fun episode, man. Yeah, man, for sure. Rioja, one of our... Yeah, new, one of our new kind of favorites. Favorites, big time. I don't know that I'll, you know, now that I've arrived in Rioja, I don't know that I want to leave. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. this region. I, I would stay a while. Yeah, <laughs> pretty cool. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Food, Wine, and Whiskey. And until our next episode, enjoy your next pour. Of Rioja. Aged Rioja. Aged Rioja.